Since we last met, uh, apparently, uh, Cage has, um, like, gone swimming uh, profusely or is, uh, like, preparing for monsoon season, although we did have monsoon season here in uh, Ohio yesterday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the hats are... As always, absolutely fantastic. My hat is off to you, sir, even though I haven't actually taken my hat off. It's it's more like a figure of speech. You know, just pretend like I took my hat off, because otherwise I don't give a shit. And, uh, yeah, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, I mean, you've been missing these fantastic hats the entire season, unless you actually check this out on Twitch for the live version of the uh, podcast broadcast. Uh, and that is at twitch.tv slash ebc2021. So, like, if you're if you're uh, actually checking us out today, you can see just how wide and colorful and plasticky his head is today, uh, and very, very waterproof. Like, no water is going to get anywhere near him whatsoever, which is important because we're about to play a game that takes place in the water. Uh, if you have not heard, uh, our guest today is the beautiful, the the best litter. I mean, like we say this all the time, but it's true, the best hair in the game. And we're not talking about Bioshock, which is her game today. We're talking about just like on the entirety of Twitch and the interwebs and everything else, best hair in the game. Watch Whitney, our special guest today. Thank you for joining us. How are both of you on this uh, fine, beautiful Sunday evening? Very warm. Very warm, yeah. <laughs> nice and cool in my area, so I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, you're like, ha ha, ha, I got cool in my area. You know. See, that's not going to, that hat isn't going to protect you from um, the heat. Cage, you, you, what you really need is one of those hats that has, you know, like the fans built into it. Yeah, and this <laughs> this hat actually makes it worse because <laughs> the main cooling in the studio is a ceiling fan that's above me, so it's blocking. Oh, jeez. Okay, just don't, um, you know, like drown in your own flop sweat or something because that that would be bad. So, anyway, uh, yeah, Bioshock is here. Let's uh, let's uh, head on over to this screen, which is just the uh, the introduction to Whitney's favorite game that she's going to be presenting uh, for us today. Uh, and thank you all for joining us. I really appreciate you here on this uh, beautiful Sunday. That is, uh, in fact, our season finale. Can you believe we've been doing this all the way since uh, October? And we this is episode number 12, and it will be our season one finale. Uh, so Whitney rounding everything out with her uh, favorite game, Bioshock. And uh, it came out in 2007 for uh, Xbox 360 and Windows. Uh, a year later in 2008 for PlayStation 3. Uh, in 2009 for Macintosh, and uh, 2012 on live, 
and then uh, for a 2014 iPhone and iPad. You know, out of all the games that we've done, Cage, I don't believe I've seen that platform on live. Have, uh, do you know about it? No. Let me see here if I can get some information. Oh, wait, um... I think it was one of those like stream boxes that like came out for two seconds and failed. Okay. You know, probably one, probably one of those stupid things that we carried at the, the evil video game corporation that shall not on, on live, <laughs> published and developed by 2K Games Australia, 2K Boston. Okay, that release for whatever it is was only in. Belgium in 2012, and then in 2014, Denmark, Finland, Ireland, Norway, Sweden, so Eastern Europe there. That's interesting. I haven't heard of that platform before. Hmm. Okay, anyway, that's uh, that's neither here nor there, but uh, uh, Whitney is far and above uh, mostly a PC player. Um, and, uh, were you playing this on Xbox 360 or PC or PlayStation 3 or what? All of them. All of them? <laughs> I played on 360, PS3, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. What, do you pre <laughs> what platform do you prefer to play it on now that you've uh, done that? PS4. PS4, okay. Yeah. And is that, like, because of the controller or what, what in your mind makes that the best platform to play it on i don't really know <laughs> i just i'm a little biased um the first time i ever played it though was on the 360. okay well that's that's legitimate you know get some i just like my playstation music going in the <laughs> background here hold on give me one second let me get this right there we go all right, so um, again, thank you for joining us. Um, and we're looking at Bioshock, Whitney's favorite game. Uh, Cage, why don't you tell us a little bit about what was going on in history when Bioshock came out? Will do. Okay, so um, it was Tuesday, August 21st, 2007. Um, w was still the president here in the States. Um, I, I kind of went back and forth about whether including this or not, because it's not really like a good piece of news from that day, but um, there really wasn't much else that happened that day. Um, hurricane Dean, which is which was the first Category 5 hurricane to make landfall since Andrew in like, was Hurricane 94, uh, hit Mexico uh, on that day. Mm. So like, if you were watching the news at all that day, you were probably hearing something about that. Like you said, it's uh, not typically my foray to include, like, eh, news in there, but other than Bioshock, this was a pretty meh day. Um, well, if then, you're listening to the... Then I would say it, it's probably a good day that Bioshock was released, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, indeed. Hello, cat. No one wants to hear your mouth. Um, <laughs> if you were listening to the radio, you were probably listening to Sean Kingston's Beautiful Girls... Uh, Fergie's Big Girls Don't Cry, Plain White Tees, Hey There, Delilah, or uh, Rihanna's Umbrella. Ah. Uh, completely unplanned, <laughs> but it worked. 
sure. <laughs> it was unplanned. <laughs> truly, truly. Because um, uh, you can ask short and sweet. This was the hat plan for today, no matter what. So, oh. and I just, I just did my research like uh, two thirty. So. Thirty seconds ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, famous birthdays. Uh, Hayden Panettiere was celebrating her 18th birthday. Uh, Olympic gold medalist uh, Usain Bolt was celebrating his 21st birthday. System of a Down frontman Serge Tankian was celebrating his 40th birthday. And uh, singer Kenny Rogers would have celebrated his 69th birthday. But as always, we're here for the most important birthday, and that's Bioshock. Um, the game came out to universal acclaim. Uh, it received a 96 out of 100 on Metacritic. Uh, it's one of the best reviewed games ever. Uh, garnering scores 10 out of 10 from Destructoid, 10 out of 10 from EGM, 10 out of 10 from Game Informer, 9 out of 10 from GameSpot, 9.5 out of 10 from Game Trailers, 9.7 out of 10 from IGN. Uh, the game was just getting crazy reviews across the board, obviously. Uh, it sold almost 500,000 copies by the end of August, which, you know, um, being in, I was an assistant manager at the uh, company that I used to work at that sold video games, and uh, that was a pretty crazy, that was a pretty crazy time because you think about it, so the 21st of August, right? So that's only 10 days till the end. And this is a brand new IP. No one knew anything about this other than the demo that had come out prior uh, to the launch of this. And the demo is actually what made me purchase it. I opened my store that day. My store leader came in and he was like, dude, I just played the demo for that Bioshock game. Go home, download it, play it. You won't regret it. I promise you. I went home. I played through the demo. I immediately got back in my car and I was actually staying at my dad's house. I was house sitting for him uh, that day. Uh, I immediately got back in my car, went back to the store and pre-ordered. Um, the demo was that good. I went back home and then played it two times more through. So yeah, this game, this game is fantastic. I understand why Whitney chose this. Um, it ended up selling up over 2.2 million copies within 11 months um, of the launch of it. So again, like you know, it's a brand new IP. It just it's selling like crazy, and because it's that good. Uh, as far as awards go, it won. It was nominated for a ton of awards, but it ended up winning a bunch of different things. Most notably, at the Spike TV Video Game Awards, it won for Best Original Score, Best Xbox 360 Game, and Game of the Year. Uh, BAFTA, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, gave it Best Game that year. I didn't even know BAFTA gave Game Awards, but apparently they do. Um, X-Play gave it... Uh, original soundtrack, best writing and story, best art direction, and overall game of the year. And uh, in November of 2012, uh, Time Magazine apparently did a uh, spread of the best video games of all time, and it named Bioshock as one of the best video games of all time. Uh, so definitely, you know, crossing into some territory there. I mean, that's, that's when you hit Time Magazine, I feel like you hit pretty mainstream, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's a little bit about uh, Bioshock. Awesome. Now, uh, from my perspective, I mean, you know, I've obviously never played this, and I don't think that I ever will. I don't want to say never on this, because even though I'm really not into 
just like 99% of modern games as far as playing them goes. This one, between the art style and the storyline and, and some of the, uh, the gameplay action, really, really did appeal to me. So I don't want to rule it out completely. I just don't know if it's like if it is something that I would attempt when I might actually get to that. It might be ten years from now. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I it, it did thoroughly impress me. I, I loved watching uh, you know Cage playing it uh, not too long ago, and uh, I've seen a few other streamers play it uh, in my time. I'd, I'd like to probably do a more comprehensive watch of, of a more full playthrough to to capture you know more of the full end of the storyline um and i'm definitely uh, like i uh, have probably mentioned previously like with red dead redemption 2 i loved watching markiplier do his long playthrough of that where he ended up having like i don't know almost 25 two-hour videos long of him literally playing through the entire game and i love the storyline of it i'm i'm pretty damn sure that i would do the exact same with bioshock and and the successive games that came after that in the bioshock series uh simply because just from watching the opening sequence in that it, it uh the entire storyline really does appeal to me personally so I, I i think that's definitely on the table for me but Whitney is a, an old pro at this now, so um, we're going to take a very short commercial break and then come back for the first part of her play of uh, the original Bioshock. So stay tuned. We'll be right back just after these short messages. All right, so we're back now for the first part of the playthrough. Hold on a second. I got to get this right because I didn't quite... Hold on. Uh, We're professionals here, folks. Yep. I'm not, I'm not on my game today. Give me a second. I gotta put it in the right place. That's that's the problem. It's not it, it's it's not uh, not where it belongs. Let's put it that way. It's because you were adding effects to it earlier, like you know. Reminding everyone it's Ben's birthday today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this does not like me today. Hold on a second. Why do you keep doing that? Let's try. So, so ran, random fun fact about it. You know, the the general the general consensus is that something is, in the, at least in the video game world, retro when it's 15 years old. So after August, you know, Winnie, you're officially a retro gamer. Right now. <laughs> I was saying like 15 years, my goodness, yeah. Proud <laughs> okay. to almost officially be a part of the community. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to add this again. It's just being a whole butthead. There we go. Okay, let's do that. We'll put that right there. And the other thing we're going to turn on, uh, unfortunately this time around we don't have any game sound, so I just have some nice cool dark synth in the background, and uh, if you don't like it, uh, sorry, tough titty, you know, this is, this is my fucking podcast, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I mean, I'm involved, obviously I'd break something if I have, so. 
Well, that's all right. You know, just like me having the tech difficulty, it wouldn't be a Twitch stream without tech difficulty. So, you know, we just do the the best we can with what we have. So, at least we got a nice, good video here, and and you can instantly see uh, some of the um, art deco design that's built into almost every aspect of the world around you in this so so Whitney why don't you start with because I don't think we started right at the beginning here where you've got that cutscene of the plane crash so why don't you start by telling us some of the story from the beginning I um I mean I feel like if you've played this if you haven't played this game before then you're not going to so I don't feel bad super spoiling things but um, yeah, you start, um, you're in a plane and it crashes. I don't know exactly what I should say and what I shouldn't, but anyways, you crash near a lighthouse. Yeah, well, we'll, and, we'll do this. If you haven't played the game and you want to, spoilers, don't listen to the next section. So, okay. <laughs> I feel like that's fair for every podcast we've done so far. Really, yeah, honestly. yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, um, so you, you crash near a lighthouse. Um, you're the only survivor on the plane. You literally have no idea or like memories of why you're there what you're doing um but obviously you know you're you're gonna go to the only safe place that you see so you swim to the lighthouse um once you get there there's um what's called a bathysphere that takes you down into the sea and then here we are (laughs) we are fighting um what are called splicers um they are addicted to something called adam that gives them like special powers, oh, as you can see. But what is this place that you've arrived at now? That is a very good question. This is Rapture. <laughs> this is the beautiful underwater city of Rapture. Okay, and, and when do we start to find out more about the history of Rapture? Um, I mean, throughout the entire game, um, someone named Andrew Ryan calls you on a phone and um, he starts giving you memories and pieces of information that you need to get along the way. Okay. And um, uh, can you elaborate more on like what the purpose of it? Because this is the, the part of the storyline that appeals to me. What what was the, the point of Rapture? Because at, when you're entering Rapture, it looks like something has gone wrong. And you're there after the fact. So, so what is it that occurs that you, you know you're getting there at this point? So, um, there's a a civil war that happens down in Rapture, and I think it's two years after the civil war breaks out that you are returned. Well, I, you're going to Rapture, <laughs> um, and there's um, the the Adam that we can explain later. Um, the Eve that everyone starts getting addicted to, and um, that's kind of the aftermath. Every the, A lot of people are dead or addicted to this drug, and it's just kind of a free-for-all down there. Okay. So, so now that you're arriving on the scene after the Civil War has taken place, and there's still survivors, those are essentially the people that you're fighting and, and dealing with, and, and it's almost like a survival mode once you get down there so so what is then like the objective to continue advancing the game 
So um, Andrew Ryan, like I said, he and um, oh my gosh, I forget his name. Legion, help me out. Uh, Fontaine. Yes, thank you. Um, they are at war to each other, and um, Andrew Ryan is ordering um, Jack to essentially th- try to fight each other. He's using him as a tool to to fight each other. And um, as you progress through the game, you get more abilities that help you like the electricity will open doors for you um ice will freeze for you fire will melt the ice and it helps you progress through the game as you gather those abilities okay and um you know yeah part of the thing that appeals to me about this storyline in particular is that it seems like andrew ryan is you know he tried to build this utopia down in the middle of the ocean that was separate from the rest of the planet and it was almost like atlantis and and you know when when he was doing all that you come to find out that things aren't nearly as perfect as they would have hoped and and that's why you're dropped into the situation uh and and on a a very i mean i've always been you know attracted to like dystopian future movies and things like that so that that aspect of it really appealed to me um so what is it uh like are there any specific aspects of the storyline that more appealed to you or or really stood out it's like the twists and turns in it um Again, I, I feel bad spoiling things, but we are where we are, so I'm going to do it. Um, you find out, actually, that um, you're only technically, like, two years old, and you're in this man's body. Um, you're also uh, Andrew Ryan's, like, illegitimate son, mm. <laughs> who, was, who was genetically modified um, to grow very quickly and they actually sent him out when the civil war started and then when he was fully grown they brought him back and um he has a bunch of like trigger words and phrases that make him do certain things throughout the game the biggest one is it's upside down but would you kindly i don't know if you can see it or not but um super um obviously obsessed with this game but um just the, i playing it through the first time absolutely just like blew my mind um and i think it's just those little tiny pieces of evidence they're revealing to you throughout the game that just all of a sudden culminate into one big like huge moment Hmm. okay so now let's uh, switch gears a little bit and and uh maybe you can transition this for us from the storyline into the gameplay by telling us a little bit more about Adam and Eve and uh, like how that starts to mold the way you play this game and your gameplay experience. So, I mean, a lot of it depends on how you want to play as well. Um, you don't necessarily need to use the the Eve um, you can weapon it all the way, but I like to always use a mixed combination. But w- what, um, what is it first? It's hard to explain. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. 
yeah. So it comes from dead bodies, essentially. And um, it gives you certain powers. Um, and then the Eve will refill your powers. So okay. Adam comes out of the bodies from Little Sisters. Um, they are guarded by what's called Big Daddies. And then once they gather that, then that that is the Adam. And then the Eve refills the Adam. Okay, and, and I did ask that more specifically because you also have as the icon for your channel points on Twitch, the little that is Adam. syringe of Adam. Yes. So in watching the gameplay, I've seen, you know, like Cage, when he's playing, you, you take the Adam and actually inject it into your arm as the main player. And what kind of different abilities do you get then? Um, yeah, there's, um, I don't remember exactly what all they're called, but there's, there's an ice ability, uh, fire ability, um, there's telekinesis, um, electric shock, um, there's, there's a lot and you can pick and choose which ones you want to upgrade, which ones work best for you, which combinations work best for you. Um, there's some where you can like, mm mm-hmm, yep. Um, there's some hypnotize where you can control big daddies, uh, make them your friend for a little bit. Interesting. I, w- I wonder if this uh, that part of it had like any effect on children looking at drugs differently <laughs> after after they saw this kind of gameplay. Yeah. It kind of depends. Like, you know, this is uh, effectively what they were doing down there was gene altering, which, if you've read X Men comics, has been featured in mm-hmm. as far as, you know, X Men's or mutants in general that are born that way, but there are mutants that have been altered through other means or completely created. And it's, it's the same kind of thing. Right. Legion in for the win. Thank you for explaining better than I did. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You explained it perfectly fine. I was just, I was I was equating it to just something else. Um, um so genetic genetic manipulation basically yeah. it just yeah. covers all of these things that uh, the people that were the original residents of Rapture have done to themselves in the time that they were there. So um, so now about the gameplay of style. So we, we covered that it's basically survival at this point. What kind of mechanics are are involved with that? Like I, I, at one point I saw, you know, you carrying a bloody wrench that you just start beating people to death with. <laughs> so what, what kind of uh, weapons and, and other type of gameplay mechanics come into play there besides Adam and Eve? As far as weapons go, you start with the wrench. Um, one of my goals in the future is to do an all-wrench gameplay. I think that'd be very fun and special. But, I mean, just typical guns. Um, shotgun, machine gun. Um, I don't remember what else, but pistol. Um, and you collect them as you go, and you can switch between. Um, and then there's different ammo types. Um, some, like, so, like... Fire shotguns, shells, regular shotgun shells, um, and I mean, ammo is not 
super abundant. Um, so using that wrench is super important so you don't run out of ammo. Um, so that's, I typically like to try to use the wrench as much as possible in my playthroughs. Well, and just watching, you know, the part of the playthrough that we're seeing now, it looks very action packed. Mm -hmm. you're, you're constantly moving from one action scenario to another. And combos too, like I was saying earlier, like um, shock and then just go up and whack him with the wrench and I mean, you're good. <laughs> so utilizing those two together really makes a powerful combination. Well, I think if I remember correctly, because uh, it wasn't recent, but it wasn't like super, oh, maybe it was super, super long ago. You actually played through this one again. I think you played, ended up playing through all of them on stream. Um, and you were talking about doing that all wrench run. Right? Yeah. And that's yeah, still a goal of mine. <laughs> but you, you said that the, the, you had seen a video or something like some, the way someone built their character, like they were just ridiculously overpowered with, with a wrench. Am I remembering that correctly? Um, I don't know if it was this game or if I was referencing system shock, which Bioshock uh -oh. is the successor of system shock essentially. Um, but that, that's what inspired me to do the wrench run. Okay, uh, we had a couple of questions in chat, Cage. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so Ben from the Gaming Avengers asks, is this the game that got you into gaming? Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, it I mean, it's got a huge piece of my soul connected to it forever. <laughs> um, honestly, I'd say Resident Evil 2, Silent Hill 2 were the ones that really captured me and made me, you know, want to keep gaming forever. Well, and if you're not familiar with uh, Watch Whitney's channel, she does not only a lot of PC gaming, but a lot of uh, horror, a lot of indie horror. Um, I mean, I, I haven't seen it because it was before my time on Twitch, but I, I personally would love to see you do uh, Silent Hill again. You know, if you ever get the chance to do the Silent Hill series, because we were watching Isnib play it, but... Uh, you're the queen of horror, so you know, I'd like to I'd like to see you do a run through of that. Agreed, because Silent Hill is uh, I don't know. I've tried playing Silent Hill in the past, and like I like it. Yeah, I like Resident Evil more. Maybe that's because Resident Evil is a little bit more action oriented than Silent Hill seems to be. At least for me. That is yeah. true. Yeah. But, um. Short and Sweet wants to know, how many times have you played this all the way through? Oh, my. <laughs> uh, I honestly sit down and play it at least once every year, every other year. So I, I'd, I'd, I'd guess eight or nine, maybe ten. <laughs> definitely quite a few times, and I guess it makes sense, obviously, if it's favorite games. Um, you know, and I, I know that you're not a huge, huge fan of replaying most not games. Not at all. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was just about to say, it's really hard for me to sit down and replay a game, but Bioshock is one that I obviously can do. Nice. I just feel like you pick up on new stuff every single time you play that you didn't catch before. Well, there is, there is a there is a ton, like, as far as, uh, you know, collecting the diaries of all the people and uh you know just 
trying to listen to the story and understand the story all at the same time. You're just looking at the environments, you know, you look out of the windows that you just passed on the screen there, and like, it's it's a full environment happening out there, but it's just the background. Yeah, exactly. And I have yet to find all of the uh, audio logs, and it's driving me crazy. So I probably won't stop playing this game until I comp- like find them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the playthroughs I did, admittedly short and sweet, was helping me. Um, I don't. I missed one, and I got mad, and I decided. <laughs> I decided that I wasn't. I didn't care enough to go back there. <laughs> so is so. that kind of like a hundred percent completion to get all of the video logs? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you haven't done that yet, even though no. you've been playing this for. <laughs> years. You know, I get distracted. <laughs> I mean, real realistically, you you need to. Like, you truly need to have something guiding you to follow, find all of them. Because you're in so many, like, dark areas and stuff, and they're, just, they're underneath rubble. They're oh, sitting in corners. They're in, you know, like, toilet stalls. Like, <laughs> so so you'd essentially have to search 100% oh, yeah. every area throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, they don't, they don't make them always super easy to find. And how many are there to find? I don't remember. No. I can find uh, out real quick while I ask the next question. Um, so Ingledoom wants to know which of the three games, so it's Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite, is your favorite? <sighs> I don't know if I can pick one. I, it'd probably be one. Um, just because it captured me so strongly the way that it did. Um, I will say, however, I know Infinite kind of gets a bad rap compared to the, the series, like the other two. But when you go back and the, the DLC that they have for it, it just like, it makes it so perfect and like wraps everything up. Um, so I do love it. I love the one. We'll go with one. <laughs> there, there's, there's your answer. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm, I am one of those people that generally give Bioshock Infinite a, a bad rap. Um, I don't like saying it like that because I've, I've not actually played through it. I plan on remedying that at some point, but. Um, Bioshock Infinite, the, the change in scenery i guess change in scenery change in mechanics it, it's a hard sell at first it really is okay so bioshock uh, that came out in 2007 and bioshock 2 that came out in 2010 are pretty much the same as far as game mechanics go and then very in yeah. 2013 changed them uh and to answer the original question uh audio diaries 122 of them I was gonna guess over a hundred. I just can't remember how many. And how many have you personally like your your highest number found in any one of the playthroughs? You remember? Uh, it doesn't tell you how many you have, and I don't oh, actually count. Okay. But but now I'm going to. <laughs> 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 uh, maybe even cheat and use a walkthrough. No, I just feel so wrong. I've been doing it so long. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we, we just got a uh, raid in our live chat from uh, Ronathan, and uh, thank you very much for joining us, folks. Uh, Jordo, I see you there, and anybody else that came in with Ronathan, we appreciate you joining us here today. Uh, we are doing the season finale of the Arcade Nostalgia Memories podcast uh, for this year, and our guest is uh, Watch Whitney, and she's presenting her favorite game, Bioshock. Now, uh, as far as uh, future games go, that's what I'm looking at now on um, Wikipedia. And it looks like... It looks like that back in 2014, they were trying to create a new Bioshock, but the guy that was the head of the uh, series, the series director, Ken Levin, had let go of most of his staff at the, the, the studio is Irrational Games in February of 2017 and rebranded the division as Ghost Story Games within a broader umbrella of 2K games to work on smaller narrative titles. So the rights to Bioshock still remain with 2K, but there hasn't been any further development that, on that until it looks like December 2019 that another title was under development, but still some years from release. So it may still be quite some time before they add something else to the series. It was uh, Googling some, some Bioshock earlier today, and I did see something pop up that say we might hear something this summer. Okay. So that say, would be I, exciting. I, I saw something uh, not that long ago that it was expected to announce a new entry uh, sometime this summer because they're, cause, uh, Netflix picked up the movie rights, and they're going to be doing some kind of movie on Netflix. And and I, I didn't mention that yet, but I was thinking about that earlier, you know, because if, if I'm not the type of person to play these games, I'm definitely getting a lot of enjoyment out of watching gamers play them and go through the storyline. But that, to me, is the coup de grace, is Netflix or... And it seems like Netflix is really the only one that's really branching out into this now to take game storylines and turn them into TV series or movies. And I think I, I would absolutely love to see just even the Art Deco design that they utilize in this put in that storyline into a movie. So that's fantastic. I, I'll be watching closely for that whenever Netflix decides to release it. And they've been doing that a lot with a lot of games. I mean, they just came out with Halo, or no, who? Halo was on uh, Paramount Plus. Paramount. Um, what were the ones that Netflix just came out with? Do you remember? Um, I can't remember. There was there was at least two of them that I heard. Resident Evil is one, isn't it? Yeah, Resident Evil. They just announced that I think uh, a week and a half ago. That that's going to be a series, and uh, the trailer for it looked excellent. Um, and then there was another one that I heard of a couple of months ago. But it seems like you know Netflix and maybe some of these other studios, Paramount and 
uh, maybe even someday Disney is going to start glamping onto these game storylines and, and producing newer things, which that to me is fantastic. I, w I, I would love to see that. I, I've been, I haven't seen Halo yet, even though I've had a Paramount Plus subscription the whole time, but it's on my list, definitely, and I'll probably get to it here within a couple of months. Even though I, I'm not even a big fan of the Halo games, I just want to see that story and movie for me, you know? So, yeah. Bioshock in space? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be the next logical story. I, I honestly would, yeah. <laughs> That's like uh, Leprechaun 4 in the hood or in space or whatever they did. <laughs> Uh, four, four is in the hood. I think five is in space. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, the, this is such an original storyline, though. You know, the, the, the creator making this place rapture in the bottom of the sea and then everything going horribly wrong. I mean, the, 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 the trope has been there all along, but I don't think... This is a, a very original storyline, and and maybe that's the appeal of it to all the fans is just how original it is. So, did we have any any more outstanding questions at the moment, Cage? Uh, no, sir. Okay. Uh, so if you are with us in in the live chat, uh, you know, and you've got some questions for Whitney, please go ahead and put them in there, and we will we will ask her. Um. And if you have any other experiences, too, like, you know, we, we just had Doom saying that the, the story of Bioshock is amazing. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your experiences, too, because when we get into the second half of the playthrough, Whitney's going to be talking to us about some of the memories that she has and why this is so nostalgic for her. And, and this came out now uh, 15 years ago. Oh, you, you just said that, you know, it's not now considered a retro game. Um, Pretty close, yeah. 15 years ago is a long time for, you know, a game to come out. And, and you, how many times have you gone back and, and played through it just to get back into the, the feelings of when you first played it? You know. Um, so, so uh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, uh, a question that I, I would have for you, because uh, as I mentioned exactly how I kind of fell into Bioshock, I'm curious, like, because this was a game that was just a brand new IP, it just literally just kind of like, poof, like, they showed it off, and, you know, as we both know, new IPs, a lot of times people are very, very leery of them, they don't want to, they don't want to invest the, you know, money, because... It might be garbage you know what what convinced you to buy it what what drew you to it when it came out uh, my brother <laughs> no boom actually so like growing up what we would do is we would go pick a game out and i would play it and he would backseat drive <laughs> And we were at Walmart one day, and he's like, you have to play this game. This is the game we're getting. We're going to home and playing this now. And I just look at the cover. I'm like, this looks dumb. Like, no, I am not playing this game. Uh, but he he talked me into it, and it here we are. 
Nice. So, like, not like you said, you were at Walmart. So you, you, yeah. you straight, you straight bought it. Like you didn't actually even. Rent no, it. I had knew nothing about it. Nothing at all. I hadn't seen a trailer. I hadn't heard about it. I just trusted my brother's judgment, and I. Okay. Um. Do, uh, Ingle Doom wants to know who is the best boss and why is it Sander Cohen? It is Sander Cohen. That is absolutely accurate. <laughs> He is the best antagonist, in my opinion, in any game. He's just, he's beautiful, and he's creepy, and I just, I love everything about him. Doom knows. And, and uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, yeah, I'm sure you mentioned this, and I just didn't remember because my memory is like a moldy sponge. Uh, Bioshock got a 96 out of 100 on Metacritic. Mm -hmm. That's just as high as like Red Dead Redemption we were talking about last time. Mm -hmm. I think Red Dead Redemption had a 90, 95 and Red Dead Redemption 2, 97, if I recall correctly. Um, I believe that's accurate, yes. So this is right up there with that which means you're not the only person that really loved this game. I mean, clearly, you know, we, we've got some fans of it in the chat here, but um, they hit a home run, it seems, in this creation. Um, I, I would agree. It definitely, it definitely sounds like uh, it's, it's one of those games where they just kind of they knew they knew they knew exactly what they were doing when they were doing it. They had, you know, as gamers, you ever pick up a game, you start playing it, you think like, oh my god, this is great, but it just then it just kind of like fil like filters off, you know, uh, if that makes sense. Like they, they lose their vision like partway through the game, and, and it doesn't hold itself. This game just hold like start to finish. Uh, Cage, how would you? compare this to Resident Evil Village because what you were just talking about was like maybe the storyline dropping off halfway through the game because the developers maybe kind of lost steam in the production process so how would you say like Bioshock compares to Village in that regard Ooh. um I would say that Village tries to have like a super strong overall narrative and that's where it kind of fails. Mm -hmm. It is it, it's it's cohesive enough but it doesn't it doesn't grip you. Like the character in Resident Evil Village, for instance, and, and for anyone listening, Resident Evil Village was pretty much my choice of like game of the year last year. Uh, it was a pretty slow year for games, but um, like I don't care about Ethan, and maybe that's because I didn't play Seven. But I've watched multiple people, including Whitney, play through Resident Evil Seven, and I still don't care about. Ethan at all. I cared more about Chris being in in the game, Chris Redfield being as part of the game just as a side character than I cared about Ethan himself. Um, so I I think 
that's probably like the biggest difference or comparison I can make between these two games. They both have a lot of action. Um, you know, they have puzzle elements. They have their creepy elements. The worlds are, you know, I would I would say Bioshock's world is still more immersive, but the world you get into in Resident Evil Village is pretty immersive. Um, I don't know. I mean, Whitney, you also played Resident Evil Village. What, what would you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. I it, it was a good game in itself. Um, it wasn't. I want to go back and replay it just to see if I have more feelings about it. But to me, it was just kind of a Resident Evil game. You know, it, like it didn't make you feel something for for the game it, the characters, it did not. the environment. Okay, so so what you're what you're basically talking about there is that the narrative maybe was kind of bland or character development was bland so that you didn't necessarily fall in love with the character. Uh, so do, are, did that happen to you with Jack here in, in Bioshock? Did you fall in love with this character, Jack? I don't know if it's so much that I fall in love with the characters here either, but the world. Okay. So the not- world I fall in love with. I fall in love with Rapture in itself. Rapture is the, yeah. is the, is the main character yeah. of this game. Okay. You 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 want to continue following Jack because you want to know what you know. It's very obvious after maybe a half an hour or so that there's more going on than what you know. And when you when you get to the the multiple twists that you get. You know, I think that's when you care about Jack more, like at that point. But yeah, the the world is is the character, like the the little sisters, the big daddies, and then when you get in Infinite, actually, that's where I cared about the characters themselves probably the most out of all three games. With um, with Booker and Elizabeth, they 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 were the two strongest characters of this entire series, in my opinion. Okay. All right, we've we've got a few uh, questions in the chat. We're going to get to those in in just a couple of minutes because we just came to the end of the first part of the playthrough, and we're going to take a uh, short commercial break and then uh, come back. And like I said, uh, you know, we're going to discuss with Whitney more the nostalgic factor and and the memories surrounding the game, uh, psychological impact, because uh, that's always been a, a, a uh, favorite topic of mine and and why I wanted to start the podcast in the first place to see you know what why is this your favorite game what what makes you tick in that regard um, so we're going to take a short commercial break and be right back stay tuned okay we're back and I need to uh, fix this again because I just wasn't able to do this uh, prior to the start of the stream and and obs was giving me a whole bunch of shit trying to get this to work so it's much easier if i do it on the fly there we go professional podcast folks yeah 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 okay uh, so now we're into the second part of the playthrough before we get to those couple of outstanding questions in uh chat i wanted to do one more uh question to you whitney on um, in particular, the differences between Bioshock 1 and Bioshock 2. So, 
Bioshock 2 is supposed to be taking place eight years after Bioshock 1, and we're still dealing with the situation now in, in um, Rapture because even though it's eight years later and it's after the death of the two people that are causing essentially the Civil War, Ryan and Fontaine, there's still fallout from that war that we're dealing with. So um, talk a little bit, if you would, about the story of Bioshock 2 and elaborate more than I did, if you would, and, and, and compare the two games for us uh, you oh know, my what, goodness! What, what you like, what you didn't like, and just you know, off the top of your head, you don't have to you know stress about it or anything. Just whatever comes to mind. Um. So in two, you're actually playing as a big daddy. Um. In the very beginning, you're you're protecting the little sisters, the ones that collect the atom, mm-hmm. and you actually are forced to shoot yourself for reasons. Um, but then you don't die, and then, yeah, so, like, with the first game, you're being, like, attachment, if you will, is a camera, and you're doing research, um, to learn more about the splicers that are down there, and the more research you learn, the, you know, more damage you do to them. Yeah. And, and then, um, with the second one, it's, you're in a big daddy suit, you've got your drill instead of a camera, so... <clears throat> that's um, a really cool, different like aspect of the game as well. There. Okay. And how did you personally like that? You know, uh, playing Bioshock Two when it came out after spending, you know, so much time on the first one. I mean, it's Bioshock. It literally can do no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna alter the question a little bit. Ronathan asked, uh, Ronathan PXPX in chat asked, <laughs> uh, if you could change one thing in any of the Bioshocks, what would it be? I, I'm gonna change that a little bit. I'm gonna say that you have to choose something. No. Say that can't do no wrong. <laughs> I, like give us one thing in any of the Bioshock games that you feel needs to change. I saw that question, and I've been thinking since, and I couldn't come up with anything, but... Um, well, now I'm going to force you to. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I feel like... I wasn't a huge fan of the camera, at least the first time I played through the game. So that's something that old me may have removed from the game, because I feel like it was a little clunky, even though, like, taking the, the photos and like, hey, you got this rank and now you learn this and now you can do damage is kind of cool, but it also kind of takes away from the experience of the game because you have to like, oh, shoot, do I have the splicer yet? Yeah, let me see. I already do. I just wasted time, you know? So thank you for putting me on the spot, but I, I came up with an answer. <laughs> um, I'd probably remove the camera. Okay. Um, for, for anyone who has not played the game, she's referring to the uh, specimen research camera. Um, as you play through the game, you get a camera and you take pictures of the adversaries. And the better the picture quality, you earn more points and you get like rewards for capturing them. On hmm. 
And yes, I, 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 I would say that that's probably something that in a certain respect is cool, but it, it is a nuisance at the same time. So, so in your opinion, the actual mechanic of using that camera is not where it could be. They, they could improve on, on the mechanic itself. Yeah. Okay. I mean, going back through after playing it ten times, it's no big deal. But, you know, first first couple time playthroughs, it just is clunky. Hmm. Uh, so, Ingle Doom also has another question. Who's scarier, the Big Daddies or the Songbird from Bioshock Infinite? I would say the Big Daddies are definitely scarier. The Songbird is just infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. Um, yeah, that's my that's my answer. Mm. Okay. It's all the chat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so now let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, I'm I'm reading a little bit more about like Ken Levin as the director of this series and and you know managing the company that makes it, and apparently he's been like even before Bioshock very interested in evaluating how choice works in video games so one of the major themes here is uh the question of free will of jack the central character often acting at suggestions of this unreliable narrator who is using jack for their own ulterior motives so uh how often were you like presented with a choice that either was difficult to make or you know maybe after a few playthroughs it got a little bit easier because you knew what you really wanted to do with the character can you talk a little about that so the only choice you really actually get to make is whether or not to harvest or save the little sisters um when they give you um when they're the, the would you kindly it's a trigger word you actually don't have an option. You have to do what he says. Oh. Um, yeah, so so the only choice really in the game is harvest or save. And those two options at the end can give you three different outcomes of the final story. Okay. And have you played through all three options? I cannot. No. Oh. Because I have too big of a heart. <laughs> I literally cannot harvest a single little sister to save my life. I go in there and I start the game and I'm like, and harvest, kill, you kill them. Um, but I go in, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. The first little sister comes up. I'm like, nope, save. <laughs> I've seen the cutscenes, but I cannot physically do it. Mm, pretty sure that's exactly what you did the last playthrough. Yeah. <laughs> you, you started the game saying, I'm going to har- I'm gonna be evil this time. I'm going to harvest the little sisters. And... I just, yeah, can't do it. <laughs> See, now that raises a very interesting psychological question, at least to me, because we've got Doom in our chat saying he could never harvest, because that's always him. Uh, I remember when we were talking about Red Dead Redemption, Tinkerer saying that he could never play as a heel, uh, at least not a full game. That's not, you know, this technique that your, your embedded personality 
almost dictates the choices that you're going to make in the game on whether you're going to be good or bad or make good or bad choices and and how many other video games have that kind of a choice in there how you are to play the game but you're telling me that you could never play that so you're never actually going to unless you can force yourself eventually to see that ending of the game for yourself through your own gameplay experience doom could never do that himself and probably tinker the same way so that tells me that that your invested personality who you really are as a good person is affecting your gameplay in this even though it's just a video yeah but it, you so immersed you are jack you know and just the idea of just i can't never <laughs> I, I would I would add on to that like um, you know not necessarily the need to defend the idea of doing it one way versus the other. Um, my personality does not particularly allow me to play that way based on the way I think. However, if there was an advantage, I would say that you know. I would consider playing that route because of the advantage. The game presents it to you that there is an advantage to harvesting them versus saving them. That, yes. But in my opinion, and, and I talked about this when I was doing my playthrough, it's, it's a false advantage. You get more Atom to be able to spend at the um, plasmid machines but you will not get certain rewards that the little sisters will give you as you save them. And like the first reward you get is, is uh, Whitney already talked about it uh, earlier, is one of the plasmids. It, it's called Hypnotize Big Daddy. And, and you can literally, the big hulking creatures that take you forever and a year to kill, you can hypnotize one of them and make them fight for you. You don't get that, you don't get that plasmid at all if you choose to harvest them. Um, I, I think very, very late in the game, you can, you can buy the second, like the upgraded version. But I mean, that's so late in the game that at that point, who cares? So th there's the, the true advantage really is to save them anyways, beyond just the morality of it. Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is that, and maybe, <laughs> Maybe this is more reflective of my personality. If I was to play through this, I think knowing that there's three different endings, I would want to do maybe three different playthroughs and do it each way. And and maybe, I mean, I can't say for certain, having never experienced it, but I don't think I would have a problem killing off those innocent characters because to me it, it's just a video game you know i don't know maybe maybe i'm <laughs> you know fucked up psychologically or <laughs> psychopath or something secretly who knows secretly secretly yeah secretly you don't know shit you don't know jack <laughs> um I would I think I would rather 
want to see each proper ending of the game regardless. And maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that because maybe it is such an immersive experience that when the time came I couldn't do it either, but I don't know. Alright, here, let's do this. Because we've got quite a few people in in chat. Let's do a poll. So let's do a new poll here. Um, so what are the three what are the three options? We've got saving all of them. Saving all the little sisters. Let me do this. Hold on. Saving all little sisters. There we go. Killing all little sisters. Harvesting. Yep. And the third option is... You can't make up your mind, so you do a little bit of both. additional votes we'll leave that goal for three minutes okay so we're going to start a poll here if you're in our live chat uh tell us what you would do uh like i said let's let's approach that from the angle that you know there's those three options those three endings to the game uh would you when faced with that are you going to not be able to harvest the little sisters like doom and whitney and probably Tinker and anybody else that has a heart unlike myself? Or would you rather see the true endings of the game as as is decided by that choice? So uh, go ahead and answer that in our, our live chat. Oh, we're already four for saving all the little sisters, boy. <laughs> I'm apparently evil. Now, now see, there, there's... there's uh, the of course, there's only four people about. in our chat at the time. No. <laughs> You talk about uh, you talk about seeing you know, the other true endings, quote unquote. But uh, if I remember reading correctly, saving all of them is the actual canon ending. Oh, okay, so that's that's the good ending. Yeah. And, and honestly, always... go ahead, Whitney. <laughs> that is it. Whenever I know that I'm going to start a game like this, like there are choices and everything, and you have the option to be not so great, I before I even like play the game for the first time, I try to tell myself, you know, if I just play it evil the first time through and it's done and then I can go back and play it the way that I want to still can't do it. But I one day will will maybe succeed. Well, there's a difference between playing a game through and being a a quote unquote evil character. You know, Whitney, I know you play D&D. I know people in our chat play D&D and you can you can still be a really, really good person like but Playing an evil character is something that people can pull off. But we're talking about, like, murdering little girls in this game. <laughs> there's there's, there's playing an evil character, and then there's that, in my opinion. That's fair. And uh, Scotty would still kill them all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I am the psychopath in the room. Um... And and yet, you know, I mean, you're you're this you're you're both Slytherin. So what the fuck? Just because we're Slytherin does not mean that we are inherently <laughs> evil. Uh, yeah. All right. So yeah, we're we're at the end of the poll. 
six zip all for saving the little sisters uh so obviously if that's uh if that's the, the the way the majority of the good people that uh have graced us with their presence are gonna <laughs> go i can't say for a certainty what i would do uh, not not being a modern gamer not being somebody that would you know spend a lot of time necessarily on a uh a game like this to try to operate through the entire storyline and the mechanics and even reach that choice let alone finish the game i don't know um but th scotty you know what that means then it means you need to start a uh a community channel point challenge to make you play bioshock uh okay <laughs> i i will set that up and uh when it reaches, uh, let's say, 100 million points, I will seriously consider it. <laughs> I got quite a few points. I don't, I, don't think you, I don't think you realize how many points I got in your channel. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's the thing, because, you know, on, on my Twitch channel, I don't do a lot of things that are conducive to having interruptions. Like, you know, when we show Public Domain Movie Night... Uh, I can't have alerts going off in the middle of the movie and, you know, stuff like that. So most of the time, I don't have a lot of channel redemptions available for people. Uh, although that's changing, uh, um, I'm going to be taking a three-week break here um, starting tomorrow, and I'll be back on uh, June 6th, and um, I'm going to be revamping some things. There will be some new channel point redemptions that you can do no matter what's going on you know, public domain movie night or interviews or anything else here. Um, and, and when we start season two of the podcast in September, same thing. So we will have some new channel point redemptions and probably some new, new emotes and a few other things. We're going to change the, the layout a little bit here from what I have been doing um, since last October. But um, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, two, 200 million, 300 million channel points. That sounds about right. You know, somewhere in there. We'll see. <laughs> um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I, I feel like I would really want to like see the true endings of the game. Almost like a choose-your-own-adventure, and you're really into the game, uh, the story, so you go back to choose the the alternate that you didn't choose previously to see where it goes after that point you know the old books that we used to read in school and i i'm i'm i i think i'm if i'm a fan well enough of like you said of the entire atmosphere of the world of rapture and the way it's presented with the art deco design and all that I, I think I would like to see the full story played out in all all the directions that are possible, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I will stream it and force myself to harvest. Well, I don't. I don't want you to turn to the dark side just on my account. No, <laughs> I. I feel like it might be fun to share that experience with everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, you you did. Like you talk about, you don't want her to turn to the dark side, but you did just lump us in as you know House Slytherin members that were evil, anyways. So, <laughs> just saying. 
the only saving grace of Slytherin is uh, is uh, what's his face at the end when he dies, right? It's not the only saving grace of Slytherin. We're gonna get off. We're gonna get off subject. Yeah, so we're gonna up. get way off subject here. But if I remember correctly, Merlin was a Slytherin too. So who? Merlin. Merlin. Yeah. As in the guy from the Sword and the Stone. Yes. Oh, that's that's way too deep into that. I didn't even know that was connected. <laughs> um, does that also mean that the the wizard from Fantasia is a Slytherin? Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so uh, next we're going to be discussing how Harry Potter fits into the world of Bioshock. Uh, so stay tuned. <laughs> no. uh, I know we have some outstanding questions in chat. Cage, would you uh, do the honors, please? Uh, we actually only have one. Okay. Um, but it is from uh, the game 93 uh, the game wants to know, is this game hard? Because they've never played it before. Um, I mean, I've played it so many times now, I honestly don't know what the answer is. <laughs> um, but, it, I mean, playing on easy, you know, just to get the story and not have to worry about your combat too heavily. Um, yes, it is It is a very easy game, as you can see. I'm playing it on easy just for this recording. I'm getting beat up, and I'm fine, so... <laughs> It's a fairly simple game as far as that goes. Now, the higher up, obviously, difficulty, ammo scarcer, uh, you have to, you know, deal more damage. So, what, and you got to uh, get like. What what happens if you like run out of health? Uh, I mean, you die. <laughs> you come back. You you come back with uh like a little bit of health. I think, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, and then you yeah. have to, you have to uh, gain it back. Yeah, you, you've got to get like um, a healing station or a med pack to, to start filling those back up. Um, you can buy them at uh, vending machines as well. Right. Food, stuff like that. Okay. Alcohol. Alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And he's it's been in the playthrough a couple times, but if you drink too much alcohol in succession, your character actually does get a little tipsy. <laughs> Like, it gets blurry, and you're starting wobbling around. Attention to detail. Yeah. That's great. And I I just pick everything up, so I'm like, oh, I just drank too much alcohol, my bad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, who has to clean up the mess in Rapture after all of this? <laughs> that's a good question. Like, I feel like that's, that's a... Uh... A custodian that that's really going to be paid a lot in order to <laughs> make it right because the the entire place is an absolute disaster. <laughs> I don't know. I like the aesthetic. I'd I'd be fine with it. I'd oh, live there still. <laughs> very very uh, neutral chaotic. <laughs> Even though it looks like it's about to collapse at any moment. I mean, there's some better spots down here. Yeah, like the one, time, but they're there. Like the one scene where the plane crashes through the tube and all the water's flooding into the <laughs> compartment there. Um, all right, so I wanted to ask you, um, like, first of all, how soon after it came out in 2007 
where you go into the video store to get this game and you didn't you thought it looked dumb at the time but your brother made you play it so how how long after it came out was that do you think um i'm gonna say it was pretty close to launch um i i'm not 100 percent sure but i know that it was it was fairly new at the time like it hadn't been out for more than a few months. Okay, so it was definitely in the new category on the game shelves. Yes. Okay. And um, when you did start playing it, what are like some of your specific memories from that first playthrough? Well, obviously my brother backseat driving, but it was our thing and I loved it because sometimes like he, well, still even now, <laughs> we, we do the same thing. I will play a video game. Like right now we're playing Final Fantasy 15. I'm playing, he's watching, and he's trying to tell me how to do my combat and skills and everything. So that's Bioshock. We did that. Um, and oddly enough, like sitting there eating um, like the wonton soup, like the ramen that's connected to this for some reason we would just sit there and eat that together and then towards the end of the game too um, i don't want to admit this out loud but i'm going to i could not beat atlas which is the final boss so as i'm playing the whole game my brother hasn't touched it this entire time i hand him the controller and he has to beat the final boss for me <laughs> so that was pretty embarrassing oh, you you've beaten atlas since then was that you, you, you've beaten Atlas. Since oh, multiple time. times. Okay. Just that very initial time. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I'm having problems with my mic volume here. Let me, uh, let me see if I can change this up a bit here. Yeah, there's there there's nothing better. wrong with admitting that you had to, that you had to ask for help or, you know, pass the proverbial controller off to someone else to to do something. The literal like, controller. <laughs> like, it, A, it's the final boss of a game, so yeah, it's going to be a tough fight um, no matter what. It just, it, it was what it was, and yeah, I mean, you know, Scotty already asked, you already said, so you've, be, you've beaten him since then, you've already, you've right. done it. You know, you didn't do it the first time by yourself, you've done it after. I, I'm actually... I mean I'm actually more interested in the wonton ramen soup that you <laughs> associate with that. Uh, what was it? Was it actually like Chinese takeout, or or you made like you know top ramen or something like that? No, it's like the top ramen, but it's wonton. It's literally the same, like in the styrofoam container. You put the hot water oh, okay. in there. Yeah. Cup of noodles type deal. Yeah, cup of noodles, okay. but wonton style. <laughs> Okay, so now, <laughs> has that specific memory impacted any future playthroughs that you have done, like you start getting a hankering for cup of ramen when you I do mean, a I mean, I want some wonton soup right now that we're talking about it, but <laughs> um, uh, not necessarily with Bioshock, but with um, other games after this, we, we kind of made it a habit for a while. Oh, okay. um, yeah, Spyro, Rayman, we would sit there, we would get our wonton soup out and sit there together, eat our ramen, or wonton soup, and, and play. So, yeah, yeah it kind of became a a thing. You make it sound like it was in your gaming cabinet next to the console. We just pulled out the, 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 the ramen soup to eat, you know, it was ready to go. 
you know. ready to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's fantastic. Now, see, that's that's the kind of answer that I've been voraciously looking for <laughs> throughout this entire series is is types of memories that you specifically associate with this game. And I, I found a couple, you know, with some of our guests. Um, the uh, the fantastic thing to me is that if this is such a nostalgic game for you, I, I got to assume that most of the time, and for any guests that we've had, it's it's good memories that you've associated with this game because it's it's a classic in your mind and brings you a lot of joy. So, so many there, good memories, yeah. So what else? Like, are there any other memories that immediately spring to mind surrounding Bioshock? Um, not off the top of my head. I know there's so many, and that's probably why it's so difficult to pin some down. Is no boom there? It, no, he's upstairs. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. Deserter. <laughs> um, I'll see if... He probably won't, but I'll see if... I can get him to come say hi. Is that, is that, yeah. Well, even if he doesn't, you know, get on stream or something, you know, maybe mm -hmm. he's got to... Maybe he can text you back and, you know, he remembers uh, something else. Uh, because, essentially, this, the, this was you two as a team... Okay, and then that's I, I remember you mentioning this in several of your streams that this was a model that you followed for many years, regardless of the game, was him backseating and you know, grabbing the controller when you were weren't able necessarily to defeat somebody or uh needed more practice or whatever and, and he was your kind of saving angel in that regard. Yeah, I mean, honestly, games like this, Bioshock, Spyro, uh, Rayman, Resident Evil, my brother is one of my best friends, and I have Bioshock in part to thank for a lot of that um, because I have so many good memories of just playing video games in general with him, and I, mm -hmm. I, my brother and I are super close, and video games are part of that. And he still does that for you to a degree, right? You were talking about oh, 100%. Like Final Fantasy yeah. 15. What what else have you been playing more recently with this tag team backseating going on? Uh, Dying Light 2. When I have time to pick that up, he'll sit there and backseat, drive me. Um, I haven't had a chance to play a whole lot lately, so I'd say Dying Light's been the most recent outside of 15 because I've never beat that and I've been going back to play it. Um, oh, I just, uh, Nier, the original Nier, we did that together not too long ago. Um, mm -hmm. While I was still working from home, he would play something until like 5 o'clock. Like, it's my turn, so we'd switch, and then, yeah. Uh, Nier Automata? Uh, no, the original. Oh, the original. Uh, yep. Is it just called Nier, N-I-E-R? Yeah. Okay. How did you like that? Um, I love everything about Nier. Um, okay. I had, that was actually one of the very first games I played on my PS3, but I never finished it. Mm -hmm. So after um, Automata, or however you say it, came out, I beat that, and I'm like, alright, it's fine to go, it's time to go back and, you know, catch the original story. So that's what we did together not too recently ago, not so long ago. And Cage, there's another sequel to Nier, that just, uh, Automata, that just came out, isn't there? Not too long ago? 
I, I mean, honestly, Whitney would probably know that one better than I do. Uh, it, was, it was a remake. What the hell? Yeah, yeah it's a remake. I'm not an expert in nothing. You don't pay me enough for that. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, near replicant version. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's it's actually just the remastered version of the original near um there's they change a couple of things in there but it's basic same story okay so have you played that replicant uh, replicants what i played yeah oh okay so you didn't actually play the original near i did not finish the original Mirror, correct. Okay. <laughs> but it's it's the same okay <laughs> you had uh you had started doing replicant on stream at one point correct i did yeah Okay. Um, so what is the nostalgia factor for you now, 15 years later, going back? You said you, you do a playthrough of Bioshock at least once a year. Is that just the first Bioshock, or do you try to do the whole series? I try to do the whole series. I just actually um, went through Infinite a couple months ago. Cause that that one I've it's been out you know not as long as the others obviously, um, but that one took some time to grow on me so I haven't played it quite as much so I just played through Infinite, and obviously, what a year ago I played the first one on stream but I'm already sitting here talking watching playing last night like I got an itch I got to go back through and play them again like right now. <laughs> well, and I probably started that asking you to do a playthrough for us so. <laughs> uh, but this time you have to go and harvest all the little sisters, right? Yeah, I yes. <laughs> yep, and you're gonna see me struggle bust super hard throughout the whole thing. There will be tears. There will be blood. there. There will probably be tears. Yes. Um, and and what in your mind is like the main draw? to revisit this game every year. Like, it's, it's always going to be this thing because of... Honestly, it's just Rapture. I Rapture. feel so connected to Rapture, and again, every time you play, there are things that you hear, things that you see, and I just feel like the story is never finished. It's like when you're reading a a book and it ends, you know, you just feel so empty. I feel like when I go back to Rapture, I can open that book up and I can find more. Hmm. Like those uh, data tapes that you got to go back and exactly. do 100% yep. turn. Um, that, that seems like it's going to take quite some time <laughs> to, to really go through the entire game to find every single one of them. Well, perhaps I will add that to my I'm Harvesting little sister stream so you're gonna do you're gonna do a wrench only harvest little sister find all the audio tapes that yes coming to watch whitney in 2022 you can expect it ready you, you were playing most of this playthrough wrench only. oh yeah i was trying don't expect me to play it on anything but easy though <laughs> Because <laughs> if I'm if I'm doing all of that, I'm gonna need to concentrate a little bit. Right now, here's the thing. Here's the thing I'll say about that. And I I was talking about this uh, a couple days ago, actually. Like, 
it to to me personally, unless you are specifically trying to do, you know, the challenge of, well, I'm going to play wrench only on nightmare difficulty or whatever it is on there. No, you're just trying to get through the game by using the wrench. Only. It doesn't matter what difficulty you play it in. Just play. Just do okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, and and you've got enough hours on this game. You you might want to consider looking at some speed running. You know, I have been thinking about that. That's never something I ever would do with any game, but maybe this one. No. I'm gonna say don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well then, challenge Not accepted. No, challenge I, I, accepted. I fully believe you can do it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say don't do it because I don't. My concern with with when I was looking at speedrunning something was I don't want to lose my love of this game. And I can tell you, after doing three speedrunning attempts, I was going to lose my love of that game <laughs> fairly quick. That's fair. Plus, this game is awful, awful long. Like you're you're gonna you're gonna get partway through. You know, have to continuously go through a fairly long game because I, I I would imagine you know and I'm just gonna keep talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the <laughs> I'll look up the record like the, the world record of speedrunning. I can't imagine it is that. Oh well, I'll tell you what. You know, if you look at, uh, at almost anything on speedrun.com, the world records are insane. I mean, the the people that do that, first of all, you've got to have such a brilliant mind to have the ability to see what you need to see and react so fast. Um. And, and that goes for almost any game. I, I was, uh, like, my speedrun of Castlevania 2 that is still yet to come because we had to sort out some issues, um, I was just going to be happy to place a time on the board. You know, no matter what that time was. And then maybe try to beat my own personal best as, as uh, Doom's been doing with uh, his game Black Tiger. You know, it doesn't have to be anywhere close to... The world record to you know be an achievement just to be on the board you know did you find the cage no and and you, you can definitely do it obviously um in fact uh for pc for glitchless run because that's what i'm gonna look at as like the determining factors doing things glitchless um the world record uh with loading screens is one hour 26 minutes 37 seconds um, only 16 runs have been submitted, with the longest run being 2 hours, 6 minutes, 59 seconds. So, I mean, realistically, you could just do a run, doesn't matter how long it is, you could submit it, and you could be on, you could, yeah. you could be in the top 20 for Bioshock for doing Yeah, like 5 hours. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, how, you're um, on the board. If you had to guess, what what is maybe the approximate time for any of the runs that you've done? Oh, I take my time, so oh, nowhere. Okay. Um, but now I'm knowing that information. I'm kind of like, I want to do it. Uh, you you want to know something sick, all right? So I, absolutely, I do. Uh, world record time with loads for all collectibles. So finding all 122 audio diaries, uh, one hour and 19 minutes. Shut up. Uh, like he's got a couple that, of records that that player prisoner. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the finding all collectibles uh, category, actually the world record is better for finding all collectibles than I was gonna say that sounds shorter than But but that means that means they were they were using glitches. Like that that's uh... that's why there are the separate categories when it comes to speedrunning is that you know, there has to be a category for glitchless run because otherwise like I remember a long time ago, I know this is off topic, but watching like the world record holder at the time running Ocarina of Time, like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And they did this weird thing where they like did a bunch of backflips like so they could skip out onto the bridge to exit Kokiri Forest before they even did the tree. They did some like weird backflipping thing and they're underneath the map and then they're at the battle with Ganon. Like <laughs> at, the, at the end of the game. And it's just like what? Yeah. So well, and on the any percent uh, category, you know, beat the game by any means possible, you've got that same player, uh, Prisoner, who's got uh, time with loads, 31 minutes and 24 seconds. And at the bottom end of that, Alex Mandy with 4 hours and 31 minutes. So, I mean, in, no matter how you play it, you know, just placing yourself on the board and then maybe trying to beat your personal best. You may never be the number one player, but, you know, just just looking at speed, speed running at that aspect of it, you know, placing a time and then beating your personal best and then maybe doing an improvement every time. You know, you never know. I'm intrigued. Hmm. All just right. Don't, just don't lose your love of the game. <laughs> and 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 don't forget to harvest all the little sisters because that's the important <laughs> part exactly yes all right uh we're gonna wrap up here uh so our guest for our season one finale of arcade nostalgia memories uh, podcast has been the beautiful watch whitney uh who you can check out at twitch.tv slash watch whitney exactly like it sounds but i'm gonna spell it for you just in case you are a letter aficionado. That is W-A-T-C-H-W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. Uh, of course, my uh, co-host, the one, the only, the absolutely fantastically beautiful Legion Cage. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's having an aneurysm over there right now. Uh, he's at twitch.tv slash Legion Leg Ion Kage, spelled L-E-G-I-O-N. K-A-J-E, and his fantastic hats are all part and parcel of the video series. If you have not had a chance, check out our website. That is www.ebc2021.com, where we keep our schedule, uh, where we have access to the Patreon, where for as little as $2 a month, you can get the entire EBC archive going all the way back uh, into uh, the actual year 2021. Uh, I, I do want to say here, um, we just had our fourth audio drama come out at the beginning of um, May. And if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast and you didn't get a chance to do that, not only would I suggest going to the Patreon uh, to check that out and get access to the archive, but... We, there is something that has been rattling around in the back of my head, 
and in development for a full year. And we are finally bringing it to fruition on July 4th here on the EBC channel. And that is an actual broadcast that is titled Enigma Blockbuster Cinema 2021. You're just going to have to stop by to tune in and check it out. Um, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be fun. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, no, it's not going to be on EBC. It's going to be on the Conflux Discord. But uh, all that information is on the uh, website. You can check it out, um, including the schedule, uh, which starts with a short vacation for myself because I've had a lot going on in my real life and um, kind of been overwhelmed and I just needed to take a break from things. So I'm actually taking a break for three weeks uh, once I post this. Uh, to the RSS feed for the podcast. It's probably going to be, you know, at least uh, a couple of days from now, and we're maybe even going to be halfway through it before I actually get it posted. Um, so we will be back, and you can just check out the schedule on the website to see what's coming up. Uh, and that's about it. So thank you, Watch Whitney, for uh, joining us, and, and Cage for being my uh, co-partner in crime. And uh, everybody that joined us here in the live chat, I really appreciate you for stopping by and, and gracing us with your presence. And we will see you when we come back, uh, at least for the podcast, when season two begins in uh, mid-September 2022. Season two will be beginning then. Uh, we're going to be changing the format a little bit. Uh, so it might be a little bit different than what we have been doing this season. Uh, but it definitely will be there, and we will uh, have some really cool interviews for you uh, to kick off season two. So, uh, wait a minute, changing the format? Am I getting fired? Are you going to fire me? <laughs> um, no, no. In fact, you're going to be the host, and I'm going to be the expert, uh, which is going to be fun because I don't know shit about games, man. <laughs> That's fine because I'm not an expert, so it's okay. <laughs> Well, you're the best expert I know, damn it. Oh, Jesus. Man. Yeah, of course, that's, I only know like three people. And, yeah. You're still the expert, man. You're, you're the you're the go-to man who, who held GameStop, the entire corporation, together with your bare hands for like 20,000 years. So. I mean, it pretty much since... At least two very important store leader mentors left. That company's falling apart, so. <laughs> well, there you go. See? You're the man, man. All right. Uh, so thank you all for joining us. We'll see you later. Adios. Good night. See ya. <laughs>